So, Graham, I looked up uh, some jokes here. Okay. And in honor of our good friend Kevin, I looked up lawyer jokes. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to want find one that's not super offensive to Kevin. It's a good call. Uh. Well, I mean, there's there's not they're all very bad ones. You know? That's most of the time when you look for jokes, they're not. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Not not the most appropriate. Yeah, especially when you're talking about like a good friend. You don't want to tell your good friend that his profession is looked down upon by everybody. No. People who uh, rely on lawyers. We need to, we should do something about Phoenix Wright. Uh, you know I've never played one of those games. Really? Really, really. Mm. I don't know if I could say any of these. <laughs> this one's not that bad. Well, that's a little bad. Why don't lawyers go to the beach? I know. Because the cats keep trying to bury them. I'll be honest, I don't get it. Because cats bury poo in sand. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was one of the good ones. Oh, boy. Uh. Oh, man. Like, you uh, can have great math jokes, science jokes, but you can't get a good lawyer joke, apparently. I know. Uh, good lawyer jokes are hard to find. Oh my goodness! Where where can you find a good lawyer? In in the cemetery. Wow. I know. <laughs> oh man. Apologize okay, to all our lawyer listeners. Yeah, all our lawyer listeners, please. Uh, these opinions are not. Not representative of. <laughs> the creators of the Velvet Review. Okay, here's a here's an okay one. What's the difference between an accountant and a lawyer? I don't know. Accountants know they're boring. <laughs> that's that's good. That one's not too offensive. We're gonna go on that one. Uh, well, I don't know if we can spend any more time on this. Yeah, it's been a. Uh... You know what the sad thing is? Kevin asked for this. You know, like he really. Well, he said you know about he sent us that message about our quote on humor. Mm-hmm. He, encur- he encourages us to look at jokes. Yeah. Like I just don't point. think we he expected us to look at his profession as a joke. Well. What could I say? He was overruled. But um Well, hello everyone and uh welcome to the Velvet Room. Review. I had to take a little breather in between there. It's a long name. It is. Yeah. Uh, my name's Matthew. And I'm Graham. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about two games like we did last time. And uh, I'll be talking about Dragon Age Inquisition. And Graham will be talking about Near Autonoma. Is that correct? Uh, is that automata. Automata. Yeah. Okay. I think it's well, I... like Automaton. Got it. Like, like a Autobot. machine. Yeah, yeah, like Autobot. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Graham, I started last week, so why don't you start with uh, your experiences with Nier Atatata, Hakuna Matata. Nier Atatata. So, um, yeah, Nier for, like... It's an action RPG developed by Platinum, I think. Okay. Um, what have they developed? They Sounds developed. Sounds very familiar. Oh, is it the same studio that did Bayonetta? No, I'm thinking of a different studio. I'll look it up while you talk. Okay, I think it was published by Square Enix. Anyways, okay. um, it's an action RPG about androids fighting machines that were sent to the Earth by aliens about 10,000 years ago. Um, like you were, you were right. By the way, they did Bayonetta, but what I was thinking of them for was Vanquish. Oh, okay, yeah. But anyways, continue. So, robots were sent to Earth by aliens. Thousands we're the of androids. Years ago. Like you play as the androids. It's okay. Ten thousand years in the future. Okay. Um, do humans exist in this universe, or is um, it a society of androids? Humans are on the moon. 
Got it. Okay, so it's a little bonkers. Um, over, overall, the game is both fantastic and also I have extremely mixed opinions on it. Is that because it's a little inappropriate? Um, well, it is, but that's not really the reason that I have mixed feelings. Okay. Um, it's weirdly nihilistic. Like, um, can I just pause for a second? What? I've never heard anybody say it like that before. I've always heard nihilistic. That's probably how you're supposed to say it. Okay. I mean, we we learned so much about each other on this podcast, Graham. Yeah. I've been saying I've re, I've been saying Rayquaza wrong all my life. Exactly. You've been saying nihilistic. Wow. N- how do you say it? nihilism? Oh, nihilism. that makes sense. Nihilism. Like, like think nihilist from Mass Effect. Nihilistic. But isn't it from? Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to look it up later. But yeah, anyways, I'll look um, it up now. You keep talking. <laughs> nihilist. The game um, has this weird like. It's such a weird structure to the game. Like, how much do you know about the game? Uh, I don't know. All I know is that there's robots, and pardon my my bluntness. It. it I think there's some sort of orgy involved. Is that correct? Um, <laughs> there's one part where the robots are kind of trying to do that, <laughs> okay. but they're robots. So, um, got it. So that's yeah. all, that's all I know. Yeah. Um, that's so, yeah, it's, don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spoil this game so hard, if that's okay with you. Mm. You know what? I've got enough 40-hour games to get through, so I'll. Okay. Uh, I'll allow it. Um, well, basically, uh, okay. I won't go into too crazy spoilers. Um, but basically, the game is structured very strangely, in that like, you think that you've gotten to the end of the game, but then, you, aren't at the end of the game. And you're actually, like, a third of the way through the game. Really? Um, which is, like, it's neat, but... Um... Okay, I'm going to need more information here. Okay. Uh, can you give me, like, an analogy or an example? Okay. So, like, so like for example, uh, imagine that the game is, like, Star Wars. And you blow up the Death Star and you think, oh, game's over. Yeah. But it's not really over? But then the VHS, like, skips, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're at the beginning of the VHS again. Of the same VHS. Of the same VHS, and you have to watch it all again, but okay. it plays out from, like, Leia's point of view. Oh, weird. Okay. Long long story short, you have to play through the game, like, multiple times. But it's it's the same story. Until sometimes it isn't. Um... Okay, yeah, so you have to play through it multiple times and you're playing through from, like, a different character's point of view. But, like, um, the main characters in the game are 2B, who's the female robot, and 9S, who's the male robot. Got um, it. Or android, sorry. There's a distinction. That's um, true, yeah. Because the robots are, like, these kind of cute, worn-down machines that you have to kill. And... um there's like a whole thing about like the, the the whole kind of premise of the um of the game like the 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 thematic idea of the game is like um the idea of emotion uh let me see if i have it in my notes but um should we explain what an android is for those of us who may not know what an android is okay like android is basically in the context of this game, is a humanoid robot that essentially acts like a human. Do they know they're not human? They do. Their Got sole it. purpose is to protect humanity. Got it. Who is Who are on the moon. I have to say, kind of off topic, um, I have to imagine that an android is probably not the most um, effective form for a robot to take. Do you know what I mean? 
Well, because like, like vital places, like yeah, it's not like humans aren't the most protective design. Yeah, or like, why would you make a robot that looks exactly like what we've been fighting? Like, like a bit of an egotistical. Yeah, like it's like, why wouldn't I give it a bit more complex of a design structure, or maybe some more armor, or make it a little bigger? You know what I mean? Or give it some more arms. I mean, that's kind of what the robots are, and that they're okay. like, they're like battle machines. They're okay. like, some of them are in flyers, and they're designed to like fly around and shoot. Also, this game is like a mismatch of a shoot 'em up, okay. like a shmup. It's got <laughs> Wait, sorry, a shmup. I've never yeah. heard that before. Like, right now, yeah. okay, um, shmup. It's got some. It's like a, like the action RPG. Sometimes it's a top-down view. Sometimes it's a side-on view. Sometimes really? it's a full 3D view. It's actually really, really cool how it does okay. it. Okay. Um, and it's like seamless. Most of the time the game is in... Sometimes it's on rails. Sometimes it's open world. Um, yeah, and you're always fighting these machines. And... As you, you're fighting them, at first they're just kind of like mindless machines, but then, like, pretty early on in the game, they start to exhibit emotions. The robots. Yeah. Got it. And so, What like, kind of emotions? All kinds of emotions. There's, like, there's and... anger, fear, there's sadness, joy, there's... Okay, okay. Um, robots trying to mate, there's um, protection, there's fam... You find... Eventually, you find this um, village of robots, and they've formed, like, familial units. And um, there's clown robots. There's robots that occupy a carnival. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, there's a robot that's an opera singer. Okay, so so are these robots hostile? Some of them are, and some of them aren't. So Okay, so the aliens sent them to Earth thousands upon thousands of years ago. And so yes. is the conflict then ended? No, the conflict's still going. Okay. Um, okay. So do they continually send robots, or are the robots making more robots? Well, the robots, I mean, part of it, it's a video game, so the robots respawn. But um, Got it, okay, okay. The Yeah, there's, there's kind of a never-ending stream of robots, and the robots are able to increase their combat abilities over time. Oh, um, cool. Okay. So, like, hence you, you fight harder and harder robots. Um, but they they fall into the same emotional mistakes and emotional patterns as humanity. Mm. And Interesting. It, it kind of asks, like, what constitutes a soul? Um, what constitutes, like, humanity? That's You know, this is a very interesting discussion it's reminding me of a discussion i had back in university someone was on the like the university debate debate team and he and i were old friends and so he said one of the times they were debating uh one of the questions that was asked were if transformers robots were real would it be genocidal for us as humanity to kick them off our planet knowing they would die and one of the sides was arguing that no, it would not be because they're not really alive because they're not organic matter. And I don't know why that came to my mind, but it's it's making me... What you're talking about is kind of making me recall that discussion of what constitutes life. Is it, um, is it the awareness of self or is it what you're made out of? Yeah. No, it's it's like... I don't know if that's a question that you can answer but it's certainly a question that the game tries to explore um and it explores themes of humanity and um almost all the side quests you get are given by robots um hmm. who are like trying to there's like a a scientist robot or there's a game developer robot that wants you to bug test their games um <laughs> okay <laughs> There's a, there's a couple like escort quests where there's a robot, like a, a group of robots. There, there's like 
um, two factions kind of of robots, one that doesn't want to fight and one that does want to fight. And um, the the peaceful faction, some of them want to go on this like parade, basically saying like, "Don't we're gonna be peaceful. We're going to be um, we're not gonna fight." the androids or the humans. But it's funny because you have to protect them from the other, like the hostile robots. So mm. you're slaughtering dozens of these hostile robots while these peaceful robots, so-called, are like singing about peace and stuff. Mm. And then like at the end, one of them after a little bit says like, so do you think us fools? Mm. And the game's full of those little moments where it, it just kind of makes you question things. Like, uh, why do they imitate the failed behaviors of humans? Well, are they, are they, is it imitation? Like, does the game make it clear that they're imitating humans? Or is it perhaps the nature of life? Uh, I mean, that's... See, that's, the, that's one of the things about the game, is that it really doesn't answer any questions, mm. which left me pretty frustrated at the end of the game, um, because, like, after a certain point of the game, the story really picks up, and it starts introducing all of these story beats and ideas, but then never resolves any of them. Mm. And, well... Pretty much any of them. Huh. And the, and like, the game left me with a very sour taste in my mouth. Okay. Um, but I think that was intentional. Like, it's, uh, it's, that's like what I was talking about nihilism, um, in that, like, oh, nothing really matters in the end. And that's, that's something that's kind of a, a continual theme of like death and destruction and like meaninglessness. And it's, um, it's, it's weird and like pervasive. And it's, it's really good for about the first half to two thirds of the game. And then it starts to kind of go a little bit off the rails in the last third of the game. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's, I see, I just have really mixed feelings because sometimes the game is this incredible masterpiece, like the music, the score is absolutely gorgeous. Um, like it's, a lot of the songs are lyrical, but they're not actually like a language. It's this made up language that sounds like it should be a language. It's like a mix of like English and French and Japanese and stuff. And then it's got this massive open world that's um, like it's got these wide open expanses that feels like a PS2 game. If you do kind of get what I mean by that. Run that by me again. So you know how in like um, or think of Ocarina of Time. You know how Hyrule Field is huge, but it's all flat. Yeah, or it's, it's like there. hills. There's, it's kind of like that. How it's got okay. that huge sense of scale, but it leaves a lot of things empty Open. and unfinished. Right. right. Huh. Now, do you think you would have liked it better if had if it had answered some of the questions, or if it give you, if it had given you its viewpoint on a um, certain topic? So that's a good question. Like, I think that I probably would have liked it, honestly, a little bit more if it had stuck to its guns a bit more in the end and okay. kind of resolved things because towards the end, it, it kind of just goes, starts to go out of its way to just deliver shock value. Mm. Okay. And, um, 
in my opinion. And it it introduces like five new things in the last hour. Ooh. And it's um but and yeah, because like the whole game you're kind of wondering these things. But then and you're like, okay, they're eventually gonna get to it, but then they don't. So I feel like I would have liked a little bit more closure. Yeah, I can I can get that. Yeah. Hmm. So would you recommend it? Um I would, but I would um I'd recommend not doing all the side quests. Okay, interesting. Why would you recommend that? Um, because um, there are 60 side quests in the game. And all of them, pretty much all of them, are have something really interesting in them. Um, and some of them are like, some of them are really funny. Some of them are really sad. Some of them recontextualize things. But I spent so much time doing side quests that I started to kind of lose interest in the game mm, okay because there are 60 side quests and i did almost all of them so i would actually recommend playing through the game doing side quests as you feel like doing them and then afterward and like there's a few that are particularly good that like if you did play it i would recommend them but then once you've beaten the game go back and do those side quests that are remaining. Okay, okay. Huh. What would you get what would you give it on a scale? Oh man. Um Oh wow. Sorry, I'm just I'm doing some research here. Um this is the game's actually a sequel. Yeah. Very loosely connected. Okay, cuz I I opened up I'm I'm going to look on the Wikipedia page. And it uh, it looks like I, I recognize the original game's box art. Not that I ever played it, but interesting. Anyhow, sorry. Um, yeah, what would you give it on a scale? Um, oh boy, probably a Naoto. Um, either Naoto or man, I like the Persona forecast too much. Um, <laughs> there's there's not like a niche in the Persona forecast that fits this game. Um. If anything, I would say... It's an Adachi. Ah. <laughs> uh, no. Ki- kind of? It's a king moron. <laughs> no, no. It's it's probably uh, probably a Naoto. Okay. Just because there's so much to dig into. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much interesting stuff in it. That it's definitely worth playing i'd say okay interesting Hmm. i think i've kind of like made myself remember that i did really enjoy the game (laughs) it's this weird messy bold game um where yeah things don't necessarily have to have an answer well with games that are so long right and you put so much time into them if if they don't if they don't even out the the level of enjoyment, you end up with a kind of bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Even though, and then when you start to talk about it again, you remember the, you have memories of, of the earlier good parts, right? So yeah. it sounds to me like, like you said, like two thirds of the game were awesome. And then the last little sections there kind of soured, soured the yeah. taste a little bit. So yeah, the pacing was a little, the pacing was a little off. I believe it was intentional, mm-hmm. but it was still not my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Do you have any other questions or thoughts on it? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I was looking to see if it had sold well, and apparently it, it did pretty well. As of yeah. June of this year, it had sold, like, I think, 3 million copies. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, it exceeded their expectations, so... Because it was, it was kind of sounding to me like this game sounds a little bit too um, strange to be 
mainstream, like kind if of you too will. niche. Yeah, yeah, but apparently not. Apparently, it's selling well. So hmm, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have interest in it, but it's just a matter of time, time, and other gaming commitments. Ugh. If you wanted to do the main story, you could probably knock out the entire game in fifteen hours. Okay, that's not too bad. That's yeah, that's a good length of a of a campaign. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Awesome. Well. Yeah. So uh, let's hear about uh, Dragon Age. Oh boy, uh, I feel like you, Graham, you were so prepared with your synopsis and your thoughts. I have I I have not prepared what I'm gonna say. <laughs> no. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, have you played any of the Dragon Ages before, Graham? I played maybe four or five hours of Origins. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Um, so this game. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh. And I played like an hour of uh, this one, this game. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so this game, it's it's technically a sequel to Origins and Two, but it it does a very good job of being a sequel that's not really a sequel that's good um and what i mean by that is like you don't need to have played origins or two to enjoy the game as it stands it does it's not reliant on them um but at the same time it has lots of things that connect back call back to those old games um did you play the old games so i played about half of origins um i didn't play two but I, I had a friend in high school who was really a big fan of the game, so I knew it like I knew a little bit about it. And uh, and before you could start the game, you can kind of import your own little world of Dragon Age, like you, of your choices, because yeah. it, it's a Bioware game, right? So you make your choices and they carry over. Um, and so there's there were lots of um, areas in the game where certain characters or things might happen based on choices you made in the previous games. Um, so, uh, particularly with the first one, so it was it was nice to see some of some characters or names that I recognized um, from the first game, uh, even though I just had like a random uh, selection of choices made for me, right? Because I didn't I didn't import anything, I just said give me a random. Um, yeah, so something really cool, for example, is that they import your Dragon Age two character. If you play Dragon Age 2, the main character from that game shows up in this game uh, for, you know, probably a little bit. Um, but like, just like the game you played, Graham, there's there's this moment uh, in the game where you're like, oh, well, like, I guess the, the main threat's done. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And so, like, I would say, like... 10 hours into the game your ever like your base of operations gets destroyed a new antagonist is introduced and a new base is is found and like it it feels as though you're kind of starting fresh like everything mm-hmm. before was just a prologue um so but the the problem was i was i was really enjoying like the the world that was kind of presented in the first 10 hours so um like a brief synopsis <laughs> i laugh because that's uh, that's not easily said um basically there's this big explosion that's happening that that happens at um basically like a peace talks between two warring factions and um there's a big explosion that rips a hole in the sky and all these little rifts appear across the countryside um, and, and demons and whatnot spawn out of them. And you're found at the blast zone and you have the ability to close, close the breaches or the rifts or whatnot. Um, so basically the game to me was setting up like, okay, we're going to discover a little bit more about my powers, about my role and everything. And we're going to close the breach. You know, and that's going to be it. Yeah. The breach being like the big hole in the sky. And so you 
you do the mission to go close the breach, but it's literally just a cinematic. And I was like, oh, so I guess I guess like the the breach isn't the big. You know, it's not it's not, not the, the big bad. Yeah, it's not the big bad. It's not the Omega Four relay. It's just, I guess, the set piece for the opening. Anyhow, um, so you do that and you come back and then, in this really cool cutscene, like you're you're ambushed by an unknown enemy, who, um, kind of shows up out of nowhere. He was in Dragon Age Two in a DLC. So he he's a returning character, and uh, he he kicks the crap out of you, and basically you, you're kind of at your lowest point. And then one of your teammates says, "Oh, I know a place we can go," and you go to this old abandoned castle in the mountains, and you kind of build up your forces again. So the game has a very um, what's the word I'm looking for here? There's a lot of like, build up your resources and build up your your army and your relationships, and you can send like your little teams to do side quests. There's a lot, a lot of content in all the areas, uh, lots of things to do, and you get like influence points or you recruit new agents to the Inquisition, um, and it felt very, and Mass Effect Andromeda to me. Okay. Um, it felt very similar to that kind of style of open world um, materials crafting that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, not that, in, not in a bad way. Like I enjoyed it. Um, but what I found overall is that all those elements weren't really incorporated into the story in a way that was satisfactory to me. And uh, what I mean by that is like. At the, near the end of the game, you kind of you you're marching against Corypheus. That's the name of the bad guy, and you're gonna stop him from completing some goal. And you have to you have to marshal all your forces of the Inquisition to march and attack him, basically. But you don't you don't see or get an indication of any of the forces that you've recruited. Oh. Right. So like for example. There's a there's a section where you have to choose between mages or templars to join you, and uh, I chose the templars, and you don't like ever see the templars again. Oh. Uh. Well, like you see them. Uh. There's one instance where like you you can put people on trial, based on your choices, and you can like decide what to do with them, and like one of the templars is on trial, or something like that. But they don't ever show up in like a battle again or in a cutscene, um, or anything like that. Um. You're you're squad mates may, might make pack, passing reference uh but like physically you don't you don't feel their presence and so i i was a little bit disappointed in that because it was it seemed like so much was emphasized on on cho- uh, choosing and recruiting and making these decisions of leading this basically army um but none of those kind of it didn't, none, none of it pe- exactly exactly in the end um yeah so that being said i really like the game well, that's um, good yeah i i uh i enjoyed it i decided to i got all the dlc so i've been working my way through some of the dlc um yeah uh as far as fantasy goes um it's a really, really in-depth world. There's, there's so much history to it. Um, it's, uh, it's really impressive. One thing I do like about it is that, like, the main, the main motivations of this, like, the main society, the society structured around religion, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. I feel like not a lot of games have that aspect, and so, um. There is a lot of dialogue and conversation about religion in general, about um, the player being, you know, is the is the player destined to do this? Is it is he sent by the gods to do this, or is it just happenstance, right? Hmm. Um, and and kind of when you're in when you get beaten or you're in your in the pits of like the story. You know th- those questions are asked, and and they give you they give the player options to say, 
I know I'm not. Uh, it's he's he's called and uh, the herald of Andrastate. Andrastate being a god. He's like I know I'm not Andrastate's chosen. Or you can say I want to believe that I am, or I know I am. Right. So you as the player can kind of take these positions of um, belief, really. Mm. Um, and I thought that was that was pretty interesting. There was a lot. There was a lot of talk about that type of thing. You know, spirituality, religion, faith. Hmm. That's something that honestly doesn't get discussed that much in video games. Yeah, yeah, and to have a game that like is based, it's I would say it's really based on religion, but like the main, the main body in in the world of the fantasy or, or of Dragon Age, the universe outside of like the king, right? Is like it's called the Chantry, of like the religious sect or the church basically right yeah. and uh that was pretty cool because it's like that is what life was like for on earth right there was the there was the state and then there was the church and the church had massive power and massive pull and and same in in this game right they uh you know they they it, it was such an impactful the explosion that happened at the beginning of the game was so impactful to the universe because there was an attack on the Chantry and the Chantry leader. So, like, the the leadership of the religion was kind of in question for the majority of the game. So that's what the, that's what the Inquisition is. The Inquisition is stepping outside of the Chantry to say, we need to follow uh, our... our are the like, I think it was the divine's last orders or wishes or we need to reestablish an inquisition which formed the chantry because the chantry is not doesn't have a leader right now. Hmm. Mhm. So. Yeah that's, yeah. that's something that Bioware in general like they do a pretty decent job of tackling topics that aren't normally too discussed. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they did they did a good job, um, and it was again it was not it wasn't like so much where it's like constantly in your face. It was just moments that stood out to me, probably more than they might stand out to others. Um, so I I really enjoyed the aspect of it and kind of like yeah because like it, during the game you 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 kind of of course you you start to realize how the explosion really happened, what your role or lack thereof was in it, how you got the power to seal the breaches. And it's kind of like, well, it could be happenstance, right? It could be an accident or maybe that accident was for lack of a better term, God's will, right? It's like uh, one person could say something, say, say one of those arguments and you could be like, yeah, that, that's true. And the other person has exactly the same weight to say that on, right? So. Hmm. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah. So, um, all in all, it, it was a, it, it was an oppressively large game. Um, so, uh, the one, like, so how it worked is, like, you had this big uh, map of the continent. And you could... Um, go to different locations, uh, and in those locations there are a bunch of quests, main quests, side quests, fetch quests, etc. And you could just complete as many as you'd like, and some of them would give you influence uh, power, influence points to unlock new missions or new locations or story missions or whatnot. So it was a very much a build-your-own build game type situation you had going on. But the... I think like they were saying like the small the smallest map in this game was like bigger than the whole map of the first Dragon Age, which I thought was a pretty cool statistic. Um, of like and and there's like at least a dozen different locations you can go to, um, and all of them like there was they weren't packed full of stuff, but like they were detailed and delicate, and they really felt like real locations. You know, and there's little settlements and lots of... It was just a really, really um, well-built levels that weren't really levels. 
like kind of like you're talking about like Ocarina of Time, like this vast open space with not a whole lot of junk in it necessarily, but still like the detail that maybe Ocarina of Time was missing of like uh, forests or streams or whatnot. Yeah, still meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. How is like the like the combat in the game? Mm. Glad you asked. So, um, in the original Dragon Age, it's very much like a click and the character will automatically attack. Like Baldur's Gate style. Yeah. Right? So this one, they switch it up. And you, you're free to move around and you choose when to attack. But it's very much like uh, a grind. Like the combat is, is more grindy than... Uh, than say like a Mass Effect or, yeah, I've heard it's more like MMO like. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. That's exactly right. Um, you have like little abilities that you could use. Um, you can control your other characters, which was pretty cool. Uh, like you can switch easily from them. Um, one feature that you could use that I never really used is like uh, you can go into like a tactical view, mm-hmm. and so you can like tell one character. I want you to go over here and attack from here or whatnot. And then in that little view, you could speed up time, um, which I never did just because I, I never, I didn't really like the feature, but if you were like in a really grindy boss battle, that would be, that would be good too, uh, to utilize. So all in all, I would say the combat's like, okay, it's nothing to write home about, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. One thing, um, they uh, the side or the the companion characters in the game are like almost all uh, skippable or missable. I had I had to go out of my way to ensure that I got them all. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You start with um, let's see. You start with three right off the bat. And then I think only, I think only one, one or two comes up naturally throughout the story. Okay. And even, even those two, you can choose not to have join you. So can you practically do the game solo? Well, I think you, I think you'd always have the starting three. It's just everybody else you could kick out. Oh, okay. Or refuse to take on. Or if you upset them enough, they'll leave type thing. Okay. Um, one thing this game did was interesting, which, like, they each had approval points of what you did or who you are, basically. Um, and if it got too low, they would leave. But the game doesn't tell you where they're at. Hmm. Um, or it doesn't easily tell you where they're at. You have to, like, listen to how they talk to you. Yeah. And if they're more curt or short with you, then they're angry with you and you have to watch what you're doing. Or if they're happier with you, they kind of greet you like a friend type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't touch the multiplayer or anything like that. I just strictly played the single player. So. Um, honestly, I actually had forgotten it had multiplayer until right about <laughs> right about now. Because uh, I was thinking just about how much content there is in the game. So, and. Uh, and and for a launch title, uh, like it was a launch title for the PS4, but still playable on the PS3, I, th- I think it's um, it's impressive. Hmm. Yeah, so. no, it does it does seem like a pretty game. Yeah, yeah, no, it looked good. Um, there weren't a lot of romance options. Um, I actually didn't I didn't even complete a romance option because. Uh, I didn't. I guess I didn't initiate who I wanted to romance soon enough. Hmm. There's basically two two male to female options. Two one male to male, one male female to male female, or whatever, and then two female to male. There's okay, like yeah. there's like three options per gender, I think. Yeah. Or four options, but but two of them kind of combined. So, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um. Yeah, I, I I liked it because there was a lot there were a lot of characters, uh, like supporting characters, but 
they stuck around or or well most of them stuck around and, and became like trusted or or you got to know them a little bit right um mm-hmm. compared to something like like uh, assassin's creed where each chapter there's like a new character and you don't ever see him again after that chapter right lots of lots of forgettable side characters this one that like there's a very memorable cast of characters mm, that's so, good yeah What do you think you would rate it? Um, I'm gonna give it a a, a chie. Okay. Um, because I kind I kind of liked it. Uh it uh, it was fun. It it kind of intrigued me a little bit. Um, mostly chie because like the color of the game is green. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I would I would say I recommend it. Um, I, I I really do appreciate that it's a that it's a third installment of a game, but it's it's not real. It's its own. It's its own story. Um, yeah, it can get hard to jump into a franchise that's established. Yeah, and I mean, and and for good reason, right? But but they do such a good job of. I guess and I don't know that Dragon Age one and two really had that much in combination with them anyhow, but like going into it, it's like you don't need to know all the history. It'll tell you again. You know, <laughs> you'll you'll learn all the things that are important to know. You know, uh, now so that's good to hear because oh. once I tried, I tried to get into that series, but. Origins was a little too old school for me. Yeah, I can feel that. I do have one thing to say. Uh, do you care if I spoil the game? I I don't mind. Okay, so at the end of the game, uh, the final mission, it, before you start it, it's like, hey, excuse me, um, <laughs> if you start this mission, you can play after the game's done, but certain choices... Um, like will be irreversible or certain characters won't be available depending on your actions. Okay. Okay. So I thought, okay, uh, that sounds good. Like I, I understand I'll make a save before I start in case anything really goes wrong and I'll go on. So the mission plays out, you beat the game, yada, yada, but nobody, nobody dies or anything, right? You don't make any choices of like, I'm going to leave you behind character i love you know um to sacrifice yourself for the good of the people right it's just oh we beat him we all made it alive what happens is it's revealed that one of your not not to the character but to the player in like a post-credit scene that like uh one of your characters that's with you from the start of the game is not who he says he is he's basically like an old elven god and he he had a little bit of something to do with Corypheus and the explosion at the beginning of the game. Okay. So it's revealed like, ah, he's really not who you thought he was. Dun, dun, dun. And then it's also like, um, then it goes into like a, you know, oh, the Templars all died, so this happened. Or you chose this, so this happened. And at, at, based on your choices, it picks somebody in the Inquisition or your team to become the new divine, like the leader of the sh- the chantry, okay, uh, which I thought was cool. Like you know, depending on your different choices, yada yada, will become that the, the leader. But it takes your ability away to use those characters ever again, going forward. So like for example, like the character, the side character that's really evil, he's gone. You can't use him anymore. Side missions. The person who became the the divine is also gone, so you can't use her anymore either so everything post game is is whoever's left hmm. and i thought well that's kind of cheap because it's not like the decisions i made specific like i didn't specifically say solas get lost solas is the elven guy he's just bad but that's not but the player doesn't know that or the character doesn't know that i was a little miffed because hmm. it, it's not like um mass effect too where somebody dies because I didn't upgrade the shields. 
It's just I don't get access to them anymore because reasons. Because reasons. So yeah, that was kind of like, and I used Solas. I used the Elven guy for the whole game because he was like a mage and whatnot. But uh, I, I, so I'm like afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I had, I, had, I was, I had to shake up my my team roster a little bit. I decided not to go back to okay. my old save because I have to do a second playthrough anyways for trophies. So I just said I'll continue on and whatnot. So yeah, it was just a little. It felt a little disappointing of particularly with Solas. It's just like why well, I only have don't have access to him because he's evil. Or, or because I know now that he's evil, or because the story's over. So, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, I would I would recommend it. So. Cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good fantasy game. So. Yeah, ma- I'm glad it, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it's it made me want to go play other fantasy games like like mm-hmm. Dragon Age Origins or Skyrim or something like that. So. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that's... I just I just talked for like a half an hour there, didn't I? I mean, that's pretty much what I did for the first like, twenty minutes. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any no, questions it was fine. for me? Um, no, I was like, how did the gameplay? And uh, no, I think that's that's pretty good for me. I think one one final comment I'll make, and it's a credit to the game. Um, so pretty early on. You got the ability to call a mount, and you can call the horse to ride to ride around the map. And I think I went about three quarters of the game before I decided, you know what? Maybe I should use the horse. I was just, I, I didn't, like, I was walking everywhere, and I, I didn't feel like it was taking forever. It felt, it felt just natural to walk. And mm, that's good. At the end, it was just kind of like oh, I want to save a little bit of time, you know. Um, I've or I've been here, I've, I've explored the map all already. I just need to get from one place to the other pretty quick, so hop on the horse and off I go. But I did most of my exploring on foot, and just at my own pace, which was kind of cool. That is cool. Like yeah. it's nice when traversing a game is still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Like the menial aspects are, we're not that menial, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So should we uh, should we tell them what's coming next? What is coming? What's next? Well, we just decided. We had. Yeah, we, had we did sh- just decide. We had to shake up our ske- our release schedule a little bit because uh, of reasons. Um. So do we want to announce what's next, or should we leave it a surprise? Uh, by the way, um, Elisha needs to pick what game he wants us to play. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, we can we can tell them. So we're doing the Spyro, the new Spyro game that's coming out. Well, it's not. It's already out. It's, it's already new. out. It's well, it's still new. I guess so. It's a the remaster. I wouldn't call it new. I don't. I, I wouldn't consider a remaster new, even though they've built it from the ground up. Okay. Uh, like. <laughs> Either way, it's it's new to me because I didn't play those games growing up. That's fair. Graham, Graham doesn't want to argue. <laughs> You're tired, Graham. <laughs> well, I mean, they put a lot of effort into the games. Yeah, I'm not trying to diminish it, but to me, like a, a new Spyro game would be no. That I I, I very yeah. much see your point now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more what I was saying. I wasn't trying to diminish. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that they built it from the ground up. I love that. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I I haven't played it yet. Um, you know, I, I think you're just a little bit older, or sorry, younger than I am, but like, I think I was still a little too young to play the games when they first came out. Like I maybe played them at a friend's house or like at the store or something, but like the first console I ever played on was like a PlayStation two. So I was, I'm, I'm even, I'm beyond them a little bit. It's only like, I played them on PS3. 10 years ago or whatever so yeah. it's like i have a bit more fresher adult memory of them so it'll be interesting to see like not necessarily chill a, a child's nostalgia rather than just a we'll see how they really stand up <laughs> yeah yeah so you know i i think i saw them at a friend's place 
and he was a bit quite a bit older than I was. Yeah. Like I started with like my first I had the N64 growing up, but I would like borrow a friend's GameCube. So yeah. I kind of I kind of started like the GameCube Game Boy Advance generation. Yeah, yeah. I I the thing I remember most about Spyro are the the little gems mm-hmm. and flying around collecting all the gems and I think there's like I think he's like a tiger guy that you give all the gems to. Okay. And that's pretty much it. That's my vaguest memory of Spyro. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see if that guy actually exists or if I'm just making... I, I remember it's like... It's the classic, like, run around the map and collect everything. Yeah. It's the kind of collect-a-thon that really only existed in, like, the, the late, late 90s, 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah. Do you, what do you think they'll do next? Because they've done Crash, they've done Spyro. Are there any other big PlayStation One games that like the only... Crash and Spyro? See, the only ones I could see them doing would be like Ratchet and Clank or like Jack and Daxter. But Ratchet and Clank is still making new games. Well, they just made a remake yeah. of the original. Oh yeah, you're right. They did that. Um... Jack and Daxter, maybe. Banjo? Uh, that's Microsoft now. Yeah, I know they probably won't do it. I'm I'm not necessarily just thinking of PlayStation games. I'm just thinking of other games that um, might do it, you know? I don't think Nintendo's going to do that for their stuff. Because they usually don't do that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, because well, they just put out the same game. Or a different iteration of the same series so often, right? So, Or they'll just, re- they'll just release it. As it was, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, Nintendo tends to do that. Just release them. Yeah, rather than do anything with them. I guess they just did Let's Go Pikachu. True. Actually, Pokemon's like the 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 one that does get remade. Because it sells. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think they've remade pretty much all of them up to the fourth generation. So the first three generations they've remade. Do you think they'll remake the fourth generations? I kind of hope so. Like, yeah. that was the generation... Like, that was it? my second generation. Got it, yeah. And I played that game, like, 200 hours. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yes, yeah, so it'll be Spyro is next. And then we're going to wrap up the year with a special presentation that we're... Um, we are coining the uh, the Velvetes, which mm-hmm. will be like our 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 I almost said our Amy's our Emmys, like our awards uh, our for the year. year. In review. Yeah, a year review. Well, we'll uh, we'll discuss and come up with some some uh, topics or like awards to give out. Um, like our game of the year. Uh, I think we should do like a game of the year that came out this year, but also a game of the year that we played this year. Played this year. Or even our favorite game that we played for the podcast. Yeah. And we'll also do like worst game of the year. Because that's a, you know, you got to get credit where credit's due. Yep. Even if it's bad credit. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that'll wrap up the year. And then, man, then we'll be in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be streets ahead. Streets ahead? Yeah. It's crazy. What do you mean, Street Ahead? I don't know. It was a it's a community reference that just popped into my brain, and so I said it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't really know what it means either. No, <laughs> I watched like three seasons of that show. It was in the first three seasons. There's I feel so like so much was. in that show, though. There was a lot in that show. Good show. Yeah. Speaking of shows, Detective Pikachu. Yes. That's going to be interesting. Oh, man. I am quite looking forward to that. You know, the more I watch the trailer, the more I get used to the designs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Pikachu looks a little weird because of, like, the redness on his cheeks. It being furry with the yellow fur, that kind of throws me for a loop. But uh, I think, like, some of them look awesome. Like, Mr. Mime is like, that's perfect. That they is... nailed it. Oh, man. 
and maybe just because that's the way they had it easy with Mr. Mime, but like Charizard, I'm like, mm-hmm. but Mr. Mime looked great. It, it'll be so interesting. Not only will it be interesting to see how well it does monetarily, it'll be interesting to see what Pokemon they use. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they wrap up the story. Uh, because in the yeah, game, I hope they go on with it a bit more. Yeah, I hope they tell what you what happened with the dad. Yeah, because the game because it'd be really awkward if they ended the movie the same way they ended the game. Oh, can you imagine? I don't know, Stay man. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, exciting times. I. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It you know the series is what. It'll be twenty, twenty-three or twenty-four years old when that game comes or movie comes out that Pokemon are like in a live-action blockbuster. Mm. Oh, here's the thing though. They say Pokemon wrong. They say it Hard. like they say it like the normies like me do. It's supposed to be Pokemon. Like Pokemon, but yeah, they're saying it like the regular folk Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, I can't. Pokemans. Pokemans. I know a person who says it like that. Oh. And do they do it ironically? Maybe. I hope so. Are they a lawyer? (laughs) And we've come full circle. (laughs) Your Honor, this man is addicted to Pokemons. Oh, boy. Overruled. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) We'll see you in December with Spyro. Have a good night, everybody.